Good evening, Australia, and hello to the rest of the world, wherever you're joining us from. Welcome to Under the Wire, your home for censored and suppressed information about vaccination and health. Um, I am here tonight with Katie Ashby Coppins, who is going to be speaking with us about a new case that has recently been filed. Uh, before we go there, I just want to do a shameless promotion and say that if you are watching this on YouTube, can I ask you to please smash that like button and also subscribe. We really need to get more subscribers out there since we're off of Facebook and on Rumble. If you're on Rumble, can you please follow the page uh, under the wire? That would be fantastic. So Katie, welcome. It's so good to see you again. Um, and thank you for joining us here this evening. I know you're really busy, so I appreciate that. Um, what I'd like to ask just to start off is, can you give us a brief outline of what the case is about and why you've chosen to take this with Julian Gillespie um, and the rest of your legal team? Mm. Thank you, Meryl, and thank you so much uh, for having us tonight. And um, whew, it's been a very busy um, year. Um, it's been um, pretty incredible as we've worked this case up. So uh, last year, uh, as you know, we filed in the High Court and at that time we had identified um, a situation where these products, uh, the COVID-19 products for Pfizer and Moderna, uh, satisfied the definition of genetically modified organism under the Gene Technology Act. Uh, so we filed um, affidavits in support of that. Uh, we previously touched on the um, issues with those cases and not being able to get above um, or, or past the standing point. The, uh, uh, certainly the federal court uh, contorted itself pretty significantly to avoid having to look or acknowledge any of the evidence. And so that case um, and, and that evidence didn't even get any airtime in, in, in court. So that was when we took uh, proceedings against the TGA. Uh, while working up this case, um, Julian identified the fact that the Gene Technology Act had a few options in it. Um, the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator themselves uh, could bring an injunction application uh, against a person who was dealing with a genetically modified organism without a license. And um, similarly, there was a provision where an aggrieved person could do so. So back in November last year, we wrote to the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator and said, just in respect of these Moderna and Pfizer products, we noticed that there's no license being granted for them. By the way, have you seen these very recent papers which identify um, reverse uh, transcription and genomic integration you should probably be aware of it and have you um, have you looked at it? And their reply to the, th I think it was six papers that we sent them was, they hadn't been asked to review the Pfizer or Moderna products. And that's it, full stop, we hadn't heard, we've not heard anything more from the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator. Uh, there's been no more um, information since then. I think we've had, the bivalence uh, being made readily available to you know uh, anyone who wishes to take them, uh, and 
that's really where we get to. Um, we've got an Office of Gene Technology Regulation being put on notice that these products contain uh, GMOs on their own definition, and yet they're not taking any action. Uh, so while working up um, the injunction case uh, to injunct Pfizer and Moderna from um, dealing with these products because the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator wasn't going to, uh, Kevin McKernan's contamination information was coming out as a consequence of the sequencing work he was doing. Uh, so, you know, the story gets worse. Katie, can I interrupt you for one second? I just want to ask a question. When, when the OGTR came back to you and said, well, nobody's asked us to actually look at this, the fact that you had provided them with information, couldn't that be equated to, well, now somebody's asked us to look at this, or does it have to come from the government? Who do they actually work for? No, they can, um, they, they can investigate things themselves. They are the regulator. They are the regulator of all things gene technology. Um, likewise, they have the ability to bring injunctions against anyone who is dealing with these products without a license. Uh, the, Office of the Gene Technology Regulator and their committee of 13 were put squarely on notice and have done nothing. Nothing at all. That, that's pretty horrendous when you think about it because, well, it's horrendous that in the first place you had to tell them about this. Um, surely that's their job to have known in the, in the first place. But then when mm. they were informed to do nothing, um, it's kind of crazy. Oh. Somebody's telling me my sound is low. I'm going to get closer to the microphone. Sorry about that, Glenn Ray. Thanks for letting me know. Okay, so Katie, thank you. Um, just continue where you were um, apt to, please. Thanks. No trouble. So just on the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator a little bit further, they were already on notice that these new class of drugs uh, were potentially GMOs. And so we've got AstraZeneca who applied for and received a license to deal with their product. Uh, and so... It's not that it's a new class of drug that they weren't aware of, that they weren't, you know, um, cognizant of the fact that another uh, pharmaceutical company had sought and, and received a license. So we've got a situation where it's not just willful blindness. No. It's got to be intentional. I mean, yeah, you think. And maybe intentional is not the right word. But um, it's either suppression or incompetence. I don't think it's incompetence, though, because they knew. They did. And the I think it was February 2021 that the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator um, granted AstraZeneca their license, which is called DI-180, which is just easily searchable on their website. So in conducting the review for the um, AstraZeneca license, they go through a lot of uh, information and um, assess things based on the fact that these are the experts in GMOs in Australia. Yep, yep. And, and you know, February 2021 was when the first jab started to be administered in Australia. And we did have Pfizer um, at the same time. We didn't have Moderna, but we did have Pfizer. So you would think that if, if, if AstraZeneca was going to be considered a GMO, then sure as anything, Pfizer would, because that technology is completely new and had never been used before. So 
So what happened then? I mean, what? And, and I do want to let everyone know that um, I have a link in the show notes where you can download all the documents that we're discussing so you'll be able to look at them. Thanks. So go yeah, ahead, thank Katie. you. No worries. So and working up the case, um, we um, identified the Section 147 in the Gene Technology Act allows the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator or an aggrieved person to bring an injunction against someone dealing with a GMO. Uh, and on the basis that the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator failed to, uh, Dr. Julian Fidge um, uh, was uh, very obliging uh, and offered to assist us in this case. And he's the plaintiff in this action or the applicant. Uh, so we've got a very succinct and quite um, uh, catchy case name, which is Fidge v. Fidge v. Pfizer. Uh, and um, we're very grateful and it's a real pleasure to be able to work with um, Dr. Fidge again. That's fantastic. Now, for the people who are watching this and don't necessarily know what an injunction entails, could you please explain exactly what that means? Excellent. No trouble. So an injunction is where we go to the court and we seek um, uh, from the court a decision which makes an order for somebody to do something. So in this case, our application to the um, federal court, uh, Victorian Registry, is we are seeking an injunction or we're seeking an order that both Pfizer and Moderna respectively cease dealing with their monovalent and bivalent mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. And is that a permanent thing? Like, are they going to stop uh, dealing with these now and forever, or it's until a certain period of time has passed? That will be up to the order of the court, uh, but we would say that they have dealt with these without the license. The Office of Gene Technology Regulator was never given an opportunity to review and consider these products, uh, and they've been out of the environment um, causing uh, who knows what amounts of damage um, with the fact that they are uh, integrating uh, into the human DNA and affecting um, uh, people's genetic makeup and potentially their offspring. Yep. This is something that I read in your document to the TGA. The fact that, and it's not surprising, but to see it in writing is shocking. Um, the fact that these uh, products, that when they um, incorporate into the cell, the nucleus of the cell, they don't just affect the person who's been given the jab, but they will be carried down for God knows how many generations, changing what it actually means to be human. And I think that if people had known about this, if, if this hadn't been covered up and not made public, there's not one person in the entire world who would have taken these jabs. Now, the requirement to get the license from the OGTR, <coughs> if... Pfizer and Moderna did not fulfill their obligations under these various acts. Is that a civil or a criminal breach? Well, it's a serious criminal offence to deal with GMOs without a licence. So it would be a criminal breach. The issue Albert is, is that we're in this... Pardon? Can we see Albert Borla arrested and in jail? <laughs> Look, um, it, it is, it's, it's slightly nuanced because here we are um, as doc, you know, doc, here's Dr. Fidge as a, as a layperson or as a doctor uh, bringing this action, which is actually a civil action for an injunction against these companies. So 
we don't have a prosecution per se or you know it's not the crown versus pfizer this is you know dr fidge versus pfizer and similarly had the regulator been bringing this action then their action would probably look quite similar to um, dr fidge's and that it's a civil um, action with really criminal ramifications in a way uh, but because it's regulatory as opposed to um, under the criminal um, legislation such as uh, murder or um, shoplifting or, or or the like it, it's it's slightly slightly differently nuanced but it's still a serious criminal offense yep yep okay all right that's that's amazing so um, uh, the the case is going to go ahead and um, you have already filed the paperwork I saw that you have filed with the TGA moderna Pfizer um, and I think there's one other that I can't remember. Oh, the OGTR. Um, have you heard back from any of these bodies? I, I love that you filed on the 4th of July as an American. <laughs> that that just meant the world to me. <laughs> Independence so, Day. <laughs> so, yeah, that, those four um, letters that you're talking about um, are what we called the letters of demand. Uh, so under... Um, the legislation and bringing an action in, in Australia, we're required to complete a genuine steps statement. So that's a genuine steps to try and resolve matters before getting to court. Uh, so we issued four letters of demand on the 4th of July, uh, Independence Day, and there was a letter each to Moderna and Pfizer saying immediately cease dealing with these products. There was a letter to the TGA saying you've been on notice about these products for a very long time and you're still not doing anything about it. By the way, has um, Moderna and Pfizer informed you of this contamination issue, which they're obliged to as um, a sponsor, uh, because this is really a change in, in situation. Uh, and we also sent a letter to the Office of the Gene Technology Regulator saying, uh, hey, you never got back to us really any substance last time, by the way, things have just got worse. Here's this contamination issue. Uh, so those four letters went off on Tuesday and uh, on the basis that we hadn't received a reply, we filed on the Thursday, the evening of Thursday, 6th of July. Uh, and we uh, had those papers accepted on the morning of, um, on that Friday morning. And the uh, matter number was uh, uh, given and we're, I guess, off. Um, so we are only taking action against Pfizer and Moderna, not against uh, TGA and Office of Gene Technology Regulator at this stage. The uh, Section 147 of the Gene Technology Act says an aggrieved person can bring an injunction um, to uh, cease someone dealing with GMOs where they are doing so illegally and you know, that action then means that's naturally against Pfizer and Moderna. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and hopefully the people watching this will understand that too. So um, we're in a waiting pattern now, I guess, waiting for the court to say when um, your case will go ahead. And which court will this be heard in? So we have filed in federal court in the Melbourne Registry, uh, so in Victoria. Uh, Dr. Fidge is here, um, Moderna's here, um, and conveniently, um, I'm here. <laughs> uh, so um, you're able to determine which is the uh, most suitable court uh, when you file with the federal court, and that's the reason for 
um, being here. Um, and you know, we, we have seen the flavour of what it's like in New South Wales. Uh, so um, I'm not sure if it's going to make much of a much of a difference. But um, you know, there's no point going back to um, go, going back to uh, New South Wales. No, I agree with you. Um, anyone who saw the uh, the last hearing that we had before the federal court, um, it was. A circus. It, I mean, what I what I consider to be a circus. I was shocked by it. So, um, let's mm. hope that Victoria will be a little bit kinder as far as well, more just. Maybe not kinder, but more just, because I think that this case is a, about justice. It's about the harm that's being done to people mm. without their knowledge, and um, that the government, who is I mean, when I think about it, the TGA, the OGTR. All of these bodies, they're the regulators. They're the ones who were charged with making sure that we were kept safe, that nothing dangerous was being given to us. And not only did they totally drop the ball there, but they said, well, we don't care whether it's dangerous or not. You're going to have to take it. And they mandated it. And they pressured people. And there really needs to be some form of, of justice and accountability for what's been happening and also um, for, for this to stop happening as of today. Now, the contamination issue from Kevin McKernan's um, uh, recent article is, is pretty incredible. Um, I, did, I did save a, a little screenshot from the, uh, the document that you provided, but it, it's, there's, there's a 10 nanogram um, limit of uh, is it, is it modified DNA and RNA that is allowed to be in these jabs? And the monovalent, the, the single vaccine, was, mm. I'm trying to see, 18 to 70 times higher than the allowable limit. And the, uh, the bivalent, the newer vaccine, is 52 to 479 times higher. And I, I don't want to get into the science of it, but that's even a different type of modified DNA and RNA than what's actually in the vaccine. So it, the, the, the lack of, of um, that duty of care being taken is incredible. Mm. Um, do you think that, that there is a way of getting the court to actually understand this, get it through their head that this is actually really dangerous, this is leading to an increase in cancers, and all sorts of uh, multi-system uh, organ system failures in the body and all kinds of things that has been shown in the mm. research. And, and that is certainly what Kevin's uh, evidence touches on um, and it does go to um, what he's discovered. So for those who are watching and are, are curious to know about how this contamination issues come up now, um, Essentially, the products are commercial in confidence. So we were only ever told a few of the ingredients in those products uh, because of the desire to keep um, uh, commercial protection around um, Pfizer and Moderna's um, respective IP in their products and presumably um, their ability to make uh, uh, money off them and not have their um, recipe stolen. So. What Kevin does and his skill set is, is he essentially unpacks or reverses the recipe 
in a process called sequencing, and he is able to tell um, what products um, or what items or ingredients make up the um, injections. Um, and in doing so, he discovered that there were these contamination levels that were simply off charts. And these contamination levels are also genetically modified organisms under the definition of the Gene Technology Act. Um, but also they are, they are not only just is it contamination which is far beyond a volume that is you know, even acceptable, um, they're also of a type of contamination which is not acceptable at all. Yeah, Katie, it's, um, it's something that I think a lot of people watching this won't be aware of, but when you're talking about this contamination, like the TGA, our regulator, does not actually test any of the vaccines. They're not funded to test any vaccines, not just COVID, but none of them. It is the sponsor, in other words, the company that manufactures them that is supposed to test them and then tell the TGA what they're Great. contained in. And Pfizer has a long history of lying. Uh, Moderna has only made one product, so we don't know what their history is. But, um, you know, the, the pharmaceutical industry has a checkered uh, relationship with the truth. And, um, you know, the fact that our regulators are not held to account, are not, we're funding, we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on childhood vaccines and billions of dollars on the COVID jabs, and yet we're not spending one cent on actually testing them, showing they're safe, showing they work, showing they do anything that we've been told they do. And mm -hmm. here we have the TGA waiting for Pfizer and Moderna to come and tell them, whoops, we've got a problem. Um, the vaccines are terribly contaminated. And by the way, they don't work anyhow. So Well, at, and the fact is that this is a $5 test to determine the contamination and it's not being done. Um, and it's not even insisting on being done um, under the condition of provisional consent, uh, you know, under a sponsor, you know, responsibly giving this information. I don't know whether the TGA was waiting for um, Pfizer and Moderna to mention it, but the first of um, Kevin's reports, I think, was February or March of this year on this issue, and alarm bells should have been going. And there is an assumption that the TGA and the Office of Gene Technology Regulator knew and were required to know this because they are regulators, their, their knowledge is inferred. Um, that's just putting aside their knowledge and then the positive obligation under the Therapeutic Goods um, Act that Pfizer and Moderna were both responsible for advising the TGA. That's it. And yet... Yeah, sorry. Well, no, that's, and yet we've, got, we've had a winter of bivalent vaccines going into people. Exactly. And from our very first um, experience with the case that we took against the government, we knew that there were, the, we called them gene therapies, we called them genetically modified organisms. If we knew, why didn't they know? And, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense that, if I read it correctly in the documents of the TGA, this test that Kevin McKernan did took two hours. So mm -hmm. two hours to test this thing before it's given into the arms of 26 million Australians and billions of people worldwide, and mm. it was not done. 
It's no. Negligent. It was. It absolutely is. So um, what is the next step? First of all, how are you funding this case? Because I know funding is always a vexed issue with, with legal cases. And I have, to, I have to take a minute to let everybody know how you and Julian Gillespie and Peter Pham have just, I mean, I've never seen people work like you guys have. And uh, you did it because you really care. It's not, not for the money, I can tell you that much. But how are you guys funding this and how can people who are watching this help out? Certainly. Well, we were very, very fortunate that um, we had a number of people um, give us a large um, donation uh, to get us going on this matter. And that was at the time when we were still had the um, High Court action um, uh, running in parallel. Uh, and then when the High Court action was discontinued uh, as a consequence of it being remitted back to the federal court, uh, many of the donors in that case were very content to allow the funding from the High Court action to be rolled over into the um, into this new um, gene technology injunction uh, action. So uh, that's that certainly helped. And of course, Dr. Fidge himself has also contributed. Um, so uh, we have um, been very lucky, um, you know, as, as Oh, disappointing as the High Court action was, um, and not even looking at the uh, baby's decision, uh, we, you know, it have allowed it has allowed us to be able to be funded uh, for this and to be able to support our fantastic experts, um, uh, or one of them that's um, we haven't been able to support to date. So it's been a huge relief to be able to um, have have some more in the kitty and also you know we're dealing with Pfizer and Moderna they've got very deep pockets and um, when I did speak to one of our counsel about the action um, they did he did describe the fact that they would carry on like cut snakes and so I think we can anticipate every in application under the sun so um, and, and we can certainly anticipate that they're um, not going to be quiet about things uh, and they will take every point and make things pretty um, acrimonious, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, so we have set up a Gids Sing Go page um, and that's available and I can share that link here um, uh, after we're done. And um, yes, it, I just hit the go live button on that today. So. Um, well, congratulations. Yeah, well, when you send me that link, I'll make sure that I share it everywhere that I've shared this. And anyone who's watching, I can see there's quite a few people on Rumble watching. And um, Jules, I hope that my microphone is better now. I see that Jules is saying that my microphone is quiet. I'm hoping I did try and adjust it, but um, it's it's an ongoing issue sound here. I don't know why, but um, so I will share the Give Send Go link with everyone. And if anyone is able to, you know, give whatever you can, that would be fantastic. Because, you know, the way I look at it is this is something that is being done for everyone in Australia. And if we each dig down and give five or $10, let's, let's see there could be 200,000 people who believe in what we're doing. And I think that's a very low number. But if everybody, if, if 200,000 people gave $10, if I'm doing my maths right, that's a lot of money. 
<laughs> that's an awful lot of money. So, you know, you don't need to give a lot if everybody gives a little. little. Um, mm. That would be fantastic. So when do you, first of all, I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead. Is there anything that we've skipped over when we're discussing what the case is actually trying to achieve? There was one thing, and that was uh, whether or not anyone responded to the letters of demand. Ah, yes. So we served those on the 4th of July, and responses were required within 48 hours from Pfizer and Moderna. And I think was it 72 hours, we received a response from Pfizer, but only after we had um, served them. Uh, but whoever in Pfizer was working on this hadn't quite got the fact that they'd been served with the proceedings. And instead, we got a letter which was um, along the lines of uh, these are not GMOs, and the TGA um, agrees we don't have to. Um, uh, well, they're not GMOs, and the TGA has approved these products. So, um, pretty incredible. Um, obviously, the reply wasn't satisfactory. We'd already filed, um, and they declined to pull. Uh, pull the products. So the case is really going to come down to whether or not these products are uh, GMOs um, for based on the mRNA mechanism um, and how that operates inside the body uh, and or this contamination issue. So we've got a two-pronged um, approach to the court saying these are GMOs for these two reasons um, and this contamination reason is really bad um, and these products need to be pulled immediately. So under Section 10 of the Gene Technology Act, there's clear definitions of, of what a genetically modified organism is, and that's one that's capable of transferring um, genetic material. Tick that box. You then move through to um, the fact that if you are dealing with GMOs in, in Australia, you're required to apply for a license under Section 40. Um, failure to apply for a license is a breach of Section 32 and 33. So it's a very um, succinct move through the uh, legislation to get to the Section 147. These products have been dealt with without a licence. Um, you know, uh, we seek an, an injunction from the court, or an order from the court that these products um, cease being dealt with immediately. The penny has just dropped in my brain, Katie, because we have several genetically modified vaccines, hepatitis B, Gardasil, um, the oral polio vaccine, no, sorry, the injected polio vaccine, the rabies vaccine. And I'm questioning now whether any of those were ever um, sent to the OGTR for approval prior to their use in the general population. Um, you could be opening up not just a can of worms, but Pandora's box when it comes to this issue. And I hope you are, because um, it's, it's time for the regulators to actually do their job and not just collect mm. money. Um, but so. you remember not long ago, and I certainly remember in the 90s when GMOs started to first be talked about, and we're talking about seedless, um, seedless watermelons and uh, mixing a vegetable with a strawberry in a way that makes the strawberry more frost resistant. And the massive fear that sort of generated and circulated around it. And um, in least in sort of three decades, we've got almost this, um, I'm not sure if it's ignorance or arrogance towards um, the fact that this is significantly serious stuff that has the potential 
to change humans forever. We've got these products have been pumped into two thirds of the world's population. If you believe what they say, yeah. If you were to believe what they yeah. say, of course, that's caveated. Um, but you know, uh, on on the worst case scenario, it's been pumped into two thirds of the population, and not more than and more than more than once. Yes, absolutely. Some people are taking it five and six times. Gerald, yes, this is live. Someone on YouTube is asking whether this is live or not. They don't believe it. <laughs> so, well, the other thing you have to remember, um, uh, there were a lot of people that were asking questions about the uh, about these products when uh, they were first really being mandated and the vaccine passes were coming out and you weren't able to function. And the situation where, you know, uh, extracurricular activities would have to be, um, you'd required to be vaccinated to do extracurricular activities. And there were a lot of people approaching um, the uh, fertility clinics saying, you know, should I get my 12 year olds um, eggs frozen and the like. And I remember multiple presentations on uh, the television saying, and, and even from places such as fertility clinics uh, regularly um, cited in most of the states and referred to as you know subject matter experts all of them saying oh absolutely no need to you know don't be so dramatic that's an anti-vaxxers view um, you know having to go and get your daughter's eggs frozen but the effect is is that you know that was the information that was being given and may be clearly wrong well everything it seems to me looking back now six months before the jab started in Australia and four months before they started in the US, um, I interviewed people, doctors on my show who said that these things were going to cause massive infertility issues because they were, um, I forget the uh, similar, um, I forget there's a certain term for it, a similar um, substance in the jab that would make the body think it was something that was telling it that it was already pregnant so it would not allow uh a, and it starts with an s it was like syntometrin but it wasn't syntometrin but it was a a substance that was known to be in the jab at that point in time and that was months before it started to be used so all of these things we knew about from the word go and if we knew about it, Pfizer knew about it, Moderna knew about it, AstraZeneca knew about it, they knew about it. And if they knew about it, then the TGA, the FDA, all of these regulatory bodies, the MHRA, they knew about it. I just read something this morning that the MHRA's largest funder is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. How does that happen? You know, <laughs> the, the actual regulator for the United Kingdom is being funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It doesn't make sense. So that's why cases like yours are not just important, they're essential. Because everybody who's watching this is now aware that there are real issues that, that are known and that our governments and um, our regulators are doing nothing uh, about. And we've seen huge increases in um, excess mortality, in adverse reactions, in deaths following the COVID jab. So, you know, it's not an accident and it's not um, unrelated. It's causally linked. And um, there needs to be some sort of, of uh, 
payment that needs to be made. I'm not saying financial payment. There needs to be some sort of, of situation where they have to withdraw these things from use to stop the Holocaust from happening. Um, obviously, you've, you must feel that you have a good chance, otherwise you wouldn't be taking this case. Um, have you had any uh, you know, feedback from, from other solicitors who might be looking at this, and what do they say? Or is there any such thing when, when solicitors talk about this? No, well, we've absolutely sought advice and we've had advice um, from a couple of barristers and they've identified that this case has reasonable prospects of success. It's, um, it's almost quite beautifully simple in, you know, in its pleading uh, and it really is a case of whether or not these products are, and or the contamination are GMOs. That's it. If they are, then everything else flows. And it's unequivocal that they are. I mean, according to the definition, which was quoted in these documents, they absolutely do match that. And for Pfizer to say they don't um, is pretty amazing. So, um, Katie, is there anything else that we'd like to cover on here um, regarding your need for help or anything to do with the case? Uh, I'm more than happy to keep you updated as always, um, Meryl. So grateful for all, uh, all your support and you know, your wonderful listeners and also being uh, having the chance to work with the AVN so closely over this last year and a bit. Um, that's it really in, in, in its succinct, beautiful package. It's got a bow on it. Now the next step is to get this into court as quickly as possible um, to you know, have the evidence heard. And, you know, it, it won't be multiple days. It will be a day or two at the most. Uh, and it will be um, no doubt hard fought, uh, but it will also be uh, one that we uh, really, really want to see Dr. Fidge win. Oh, boy, do we ever want to see Dr. Fidge win. So um, please do stay in touch and let me know when, um, pardon me, when you're going to be in court. Um, is there any chance that it will be televised? Um, what did we do last time for the AVN? Did we, we were able to make a link available, but I don't think we were able to publish that link. It was available, multiple links were available, weren't they? And it was published on YouTube? Yes, that's right, it was. It was yeah. published on YouTube. Um, and people were able to watch it, even though uh, the connection was a bit problematic. But, um, but yeah. We'll ensure um, that it happens again. Brilliant. Um, Absolutely brilliant. And I hope everybody who's watching this will watch that as well and share it with everyone. We need the eyes on the court to let them know that they are being scrutinized while they do this. So, Katie, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. And please share that link to your Give, Send, Go, and I will share that. Um, Gerald, if you want to ask something, um, go ahead and do it quickly, please. He's actually on Twitch, so that's wonderful. I didn't know that Twitch would come through to here. Uh, what is your main thesis or sentence? Um, this is not, I don't know how to actually put this on Twitch, Gerald, but if you go to our Rumble link, that's fine. If you go to our Rumble link or YouTube, um, you will have a, a download file that you can get and that will have all of the information that we've been discussing here. Uh, this is an injunction to stop Pfizer and Moderna from administering uh, the COVID jabs in Australia. So 
All right, everyone, thank you so much. I really appreciate everyone who's come. It's wonderful to see you here. Wonderful to see you, Katie. And we will be back in touch, I'm sure. Until next week um, from Under the Wire, good night all. Thank you.